Hello everybody and welcome to Brumbagoon. You will not get there on a road bike, as usual. Well, I can tell you that I'm not going there on the road bike in this period because I'm cycling on the open up in dirty roads, such a bit in this period. And I've ridden as well probably the best ride on my open up this weekend when from my place I went to Utliberg, that is kind of the climb, the dirty climb of the city here in Zurich. You can find a lot of cross-country tracks, gravel tracks, single track, double track, also some good enduro and downhill tracks there. I went for the classic, I went for a gravel ride up to the hill, and then from there I just arrived to Bucheneg, and then from there back home going close to the river. It was great. A couple of highlights of this amazing ride. One is the picture that I took, I'm gonna show it to you probably, it's gonna be in the social media, um, in front of a waterfall. Uh, it's a classic bike against waterfall, you know, picture. And it's really nice. A second thing, it was, I actually was riding such a big chunk of the climb uphill. And uh, there I found this guy, Matthias, that we started talking and whatever and blah, 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 blah. And then we split, we just said, okay, I'm gonna continue straight, okay, I'm gonna go on the left, okay, perfect, then we split. And on that point, actually, right back home, and I found a LinkedIn connection with this guy called Matthias, and how did he find me? But actually found me thanks to the conversation that we got. So, amazing chat, amazing conversation, and for sure, Matthias, we are gonna be out again with the bicycle pretty soon. Second highlight, I was coming back home, and I've just seen, on my left, Sunday, an open bicycle shop, Move On, is in Nutsville. And I said, okay, bicycle outside, the shop is open, probably also have coffee inside. I stopped, I got a coffee, amazing conversation with some of the friends of the shop, that's why how they call themselves. And I also discovered that on this amazing shop, Move On, they are also brewing their or their own beer. And that's amazing, can you imagine? Brewery, bicycle shop, full of a lot of friends and seems like seems like we are sharing a lot of cool things together if you are there go there you can get perfect coffee probably a perfect beer I didn't get a beer because it was something like 12 in the morning yeah i was not brave enough to do that and then i came back home and the bicycle is here and probably this was the last or the second last ride of the year for me because i'm gonna fly back home for charisma, back home I'm in the south of Italy, I'm not gonna bring my bicycle. Uh, we are talking about end of the year, usually end of the year is something like people are talking and writing about the best of, highlights and stuff like this, and that's what happened as well into a website that probably catch our attention pretty often. And uh, I'm talking about bikepacking, bikepacking.com that they published just yesterday um, 2019 Backpacking Awards People and Routes. Inside of this list, you can find, if you scroll down, Collective Choice Best Compact Route. And this is Montañas Vacias, a route in Spain that goes into the one called Spanish Lapland. And 
is set up. I don't want to tell you anything else because everything is going to be in this podcast episode and in this interview. I'll talk to you later. Today's interview is something that I have really close to my heart for two reasons. Three reasons. One, because it's an interview that arrived to me with a suggestion to a great friend of mine. And I'm talking about Thomas about, of Ariadu du Peloton. You already listened to him mentioning mentioned on this podcast a lot of times because he's giving me a lot of inputs and we're talking pretty often about that. So this is the first reason. Second reason is because we're talking about Spain and because everybody of you knows, ah, nobody of you knows probably, but I lived in Spain for a bit more than one year. So it's something that I have close to my heart. And third thing is because I'm actually today going to talk with somebody that we have, we have been talking for at least one hour already before this recording. And I think that we are really sharing a lot of the values. So just to summarize everything, today is a podcast, an episode, sorry, that is going to talk about uh, Montañas Vacías, and I'm going to talk with Ernesto, the man behind Montañas Vacías. Hi, Ernesto. How are you doing? Hi, Stefano. Perfectly here. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm perfectly good, also because it's... Yeah, amazing conversation and amazing things and amazing project that you are running. So thank you very much. Yeah, I'm a bit jet lagged. That's the only downside, but still, I think I can handle it. Probably I'm gonna be a <laughs> bit hungry at a certain point, but I will let you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, so I oh I just kicked off the ball, but probably I will let you talk a bit more about yourself first. So who are you, Ernesto? Yeah, well, I'm Ernesto Pastor. Uh, I'm 36 years old. I live in Teruel for the last 12 years, but I um, was born in a small village called Siguenza. Um, it's uh, like two hours driving from here. Both of them, Teruel and Siguenza, are part of uh, this Spanish Lapland. Uh, I studied telecommunications in Madrid um, when I was young. And, but when I was studying there, I was like... Uh, knowing that that was not the place for me. I wanted to, to flee from Madrid as, as soon as it was possible. I wanted to, to live in a quieter place. So I found this, this job here in Teruel. I'm a telecommunication engineer here for working for, for the government. And yeah, it has been a funny life here. Teruel is a so small city. It's the smallest capital in Spain. So life here is... Uh, kind of easy because we don't have we don't have a lot of population we don't have a lot of traffic that we have a lot of mountains around so it's funny to to live here uh, so it has been it has been so easy for me to to live uh, with my bike because i love bikes since all, all my life um, i started uh, so young maybe uh, 14 or 15 years old like uh, it was like a like a recovery from a, from a, a big injury in my knee. So doctors, yeah, it was like a big pains and, and all bones and stuff and thing. And I started to to train in my bike to try to recover my movements and my my shape. And, and, and I never stopped cycling since that moment. So. Uh, I have been more or less in the road 
side of the of the cycling, mostly road bike, and especially the last year in in long distances uh, stuff with brevets and, and kind of challenges like uh, Tour de Mont Blanc, uh, all these kind of things. But some years ago, I started to feel that I was spending too many hours of my life in, in the asphalt and I needed to, to search for something different. So I started with this gravel thing and, and, and this bikepacking thing, traveling with my bike, with my van, with my girlfriend. And, and I could say that traveling and exploring was uh, the thing that... Uh, more uh, enjoying me, uh, so everything started like that. Yeah, I could think that is uh, a good summary of my life. I didn't want to s- <laughs> to span too much. Sorry, <laughs> no, 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 it's perfect. It's perfect. I don't know. It's something that I wanted to tell you about. That it seems like really all of us are coming from the same background. So starting with the bicycle, with something coming into your life so for you was uh uh you're recovering from your injury and uh, for me for example it was just a bicycle travel a bikepacking travel that i've done after my master degree so at a certain point bicycle arrives into your uh, into your life you cannot get rid of it anymore but all of us seems like we are starting for something also yeah. starting from that and then we are following the easiest part mm. so probably the you for you same as for me uh, it was road cycling because probably it was the the thing that you are most used uh, uh, used to uh, for somebody else sometimes is mountain biking because probably in their area they're a bit more about mountain biking but then at a certain point, you just put on the side everything that is close to what you were used to do and the easiest solution. Yeah. And then you go into something a bit more relaxing, exploring, and where you can enjoy nature. Exactly. I don't know. I hear about this path to a lot of people, and that's super cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I completely agree with you. It's like... Uh, um... I think it's a natural evolution. I think we started with something and... and we just want to improve maybe or to to be better on on it to improve our uh, level on it but then there is a certain point in our lives that we realize that uh, maybe we need something more that trying to find our limits our physical limits or our mental limits we just want to to enjoy and to uh, to know ourselves i think to know in ourselves is, is one of the nicest thing of this sport also this kind of cycling uh, this kind of exploring cycling whereas maybe you are exploring a, a mountain or an area but what you are really exploring is yourself uh, you know a lot of you a lot about you when you are lost in in, in some places and it happened to me i started to know much more about me when I was completely lost in, in, in these mountains around me. And, and that was a really nice point about this change of uh, uh, mindset about cycling some years ago. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just let me ask you another question about yourself, then we're going to move uh, topic. Um, which one is the percentage of rides that you do by yourself and 
which how many of those, how much is the percentage of rides that you do with other people in groups or just with another person or just with your girlfriend or whatever. Mm. So which one is the ratio between solo riding and group riding for you? I could say that uh, by now could be uh, 60% by myself, Mm. Uh, 30% with my girlfriend and 10% with others. Uh, This percentage have changed a lot in these years but now i think uh, i needed to spend more time with myself and spend more time with the the girl i i have beside me i'm so lucky to share uh, this sport with her so uh, i needed to spend more time with her and with myself but also we try to not to forget all our friends our group rides because there are so so nice people around us so i think yeah it's, it could be more or less like like that yeah yeah cool yeah super interesting on that so you were mentioning before the spanish lapland so the region where you live and uh, where you started also your project Let's start from that. Uh, can you tell us more about the Spanish Lapland? Can you tell us more? Can you describe how it looks like, how, what it is? Tell us more about that. Yeah, it, it, San area is um, twice the size of Belgium. As in this way, you can image the size of it. It's, you can locate it between Madrid, Barcelona and Valencia. It's a huge triangle here and um, it's called... Spanish Lapland because of uh, um, the similarities with this, with that area in kind of uh, the demographic issues. Uh, we have uh, less population than the, the real Lapland. In this area, try the size of Belgium, we just have uh, less than seven people per each kilometer, uh, per each square kilometer. That's less crazy. than seven, just seven or maybe this year less than, than, than seven. But uh, in the main area that my route is, uh, is uh, even worse. It's less than one person per each square kilometer. It's 0.98 person in each square kilometer. That's crazy. What is a big, big, big problem, a huge problem here in Spain. Uh, It was because of the great migrations that there was in the 50s and in the 60s to the big cities, to the big industries in the coast, in the the center of Spain. And everything was uh, centralized in in those big cities and the rest of the country or at least this part of the country was starting to get empty so it was a real real big problem but uh, now it's getting bigger because the the people that in those years stay here they are starting to 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 disappear to die now so we are losing a lot of uh, population every year every year here in the province of Terrell around the city i live we lose 1,000 people every year in a population that, that is uh, uh, 135,000 uh, of population. We lose 1,000 every year. And it's a huge, huge uh, problem here. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, you, the, the, number that you, the numbers that you told us are are just crazy really having i don't know less than one person for square meter 
in an area that has the same extension square as yeah. yeah for square kilometers yeah right in an area that has the same extension of uh, Mallorca I'm reading it from the website by the way as well yeah. Yeah. it's just something crazy but um, how do people so of what people live there so something like which one is their main occupation of people in this uh, area mainly old people ah, uh, mainly old people uh, so yeah. they don't they don't work yeah they <laughs> don't work at the moment a lot of uh, agriculture ah, okay a bit of, yeah a bit of um, animals some animals but uh, not so many things there are not so many tourism also here so it's not the main industry not any enterprise or any industry because all of them are in the coast or in the center of spain so uh, it's a big problem because no no company wants to come here because there is no any special facilities to them to to establish here. So um, it's not easy to to start here a new thing. Yeah, not a lot of opportunities and uh, also uh, young people um, like me when I was younger. Uh, I have grown all my life since I was a child like uh, perceiving from um, our teachers, our families, our friends, that uh, if we wanted to be something in life, if we want to, to, to get something, we have to live from this area. And that was like a big, big stone in our backpack. In, in our, and it was, I have grown with that stone in, in my life. So uh, it's a real big problem because if you grow with this kind of feeling, uh, you will never try to, to, to at least try something here. You just flee from here as you can when you have to, to study. And the main percentage of people, they never come back to this place. So it's a big problem. Uh, people is getting old here and young people is leaving. And, and that's their real problem of this yeah. area. Yeah, yeah, I can see the point also because it's... Uh, so it... I can feel actually that if not so many companies and factories or whatever want to establish there is for sure a bad thing because nothing will grow there in terms of economy and stuff. But it's also a good point because it means that the nature itself can stay uh, pristine uh, as it is. And that's that's a good point. But also on the other side, if you don't want to live your life in shepherds or agriculture, then it's also difficult for you to stay in an area where there's nothing to live. Yeah, for example, here in Teruel, most of the population works uh, in, in one way or another, work for the government, like in uh, administration, teachers, uh, doctors, uh, hospitals, all these kind of public uh, uh, employments. And because we need to give all the services to the few people that still are here because they need all the services, the same services that if you are in a big city. Uh, so it's curious that here most of the people are working for the government or working for the people who work for the government to, to give them services with the shops and all the services and these things that need all this population. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's something really uh, incredible how to imagine that there is an area like this in the center of Europe. Yeah, it's 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 an amazing it's an amazing thing that, that is most one of the most curious thing that 
people tell me when when they are coming here that they cannot they could not imagine that one place like this could be just here in, in the middle of Europe. It is not a, a, a country in the east. It's, a, it's a Western Europe, so it's, it's, it's surprisingly for 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 a lot of people who come yeah. here. Yeah, it's really crazy. But how do you spend then your day there? It seems like there are not so many things to do apart from going out with a bicycle. How is living there? Just because of it, it's a happy life. <laughs> it's a funny life because... I like your point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why uh, I, I, I like to live in this place. There is a lot of nature here. We have uh, more or less the same facilities as other bigger city in Spain, but with the point that uh, I don't have so much traffic, I don't have, uh, I have a lot of nature, a lot of quiet roads. So it's a, for me, it's easy life for sure. Some people will think, oh, there is no theater, there is no supermarkets, there is no big companies, there is no anything. But for me, it's an advantage. It's not a real uh, problem. I, I could, I, I would love to to the situation to change, but come on, I, I have to to try to 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 feel it or to live it like it like it is. So, and also that it, this is this could be a real problem for people here because um, a lot of uh, people here or groups or associations here are trying to asking for solutions for the government like. Um, Organi uh, trying to organize for for uh, asking, asking, asking. And that's why also I feel here in all this area like kind of uh, victimism. No. Try to, uh, like, if everything has gone, everything is done, there is no solution, and you're spending a lot of energy, like, uh, trying to asking for a solution. And they don't, I feel that maybe they don't realize that why not uh, if we stand up and we start to, to do things by ourselves? Uh, maybe we don't have to wait for the government to repair the situation. Maybe we can, all of us, do uh, like uh, small things to try to, to, to change this. For sure, it's, to, it's necessary to ask for solution uh, to, to try to do it. But for sure, it's also compatible with uh, trying to do things, to try to, have to, to take your ideas into reality and to create new opportunities for this area. I always say that I do my bit, I, I, I do my, my, my sun grain for trying to attract people here but I always say that if 1,000 people try to do a small thing in this direction, we will get a, a real big solution. So it's also part of my project to try to inspire others to, to, to make other small things for changing this. Um, we can get a bigger effect with, it, with that. Yes, let's go for that then, Ernesto. Yeah. Let's talk about the project that at a certain point, we were talking about that before, not a bit less than one year ago, 
uh, you started in order to do something for your region. Actually, I think that we didn't mention it till now, and I will let you mention the name of the region because I'm going to make a lot of mistakes otherwise. In Spanish, no, let me say it. It's Serrania Celtiberica. Perfectly. Okay. Great. <laughs> <laughs> still, my Spanish is not so rusty. Eh? <laughs> uh, you're Italian, so it's so similar. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. So tell us a bit more about your... Uh, Montañas Vacías uh, and uh, the project, how it started and everything behind it. Well, um, as I told you, I, I was uh, spending so many hours of my life in the asphalt with my bike, hmm. this kind of uh, long distance, uh, spending a lot of days in the road, in the night, tired, sleepy, and these kind of things. But I was feeling that I was not um, enjoying it anymore. So I needed something like a new challenge on it. Uh, so I tried to find these new challenges in the off-road side of cycling. Because uh, uh, I, I could say that I was not so friend of mountain biking. I, I'm so technically a disaster <laughs> so bad. Mm -hmm. i can feel you i can feel you <laughs> <laughs> so um it was like a challenge for me to find something out of the asphalt so that's why i discovered the torino nice rally and mm -hmm. i said okay that's we that will be my challenge for uh, 2018 for last year so i started to to train, not to train, because not, I don't like the word train, to prepare for it, to, to, to step by step, leaving uh, behind the asphalt and try to find easy off-road, gravel roads uh, outside the asphalt. And I started to uh, explore my, my backyard, my, my area, and something started to, to grow inside me. I think I, I, I fell in love with this exploring thing, no asphalt. Uh, I was like discovering a side of cycling that it was so interesting for me. And when it was like two or three months, I don't exactly remember, before the Torino Nice rally, I... Um, I read the message of James Olsen, the, the organizer that mm -hmm. you know for sure because you interview him. Hi, James. Hi, James. <laughs> hi, hi. Hugs, James. <laughs> <laughs> See you here. <laughs> oh, did, he come, did he come there or still not? He, he wants to come here, but he's occupied. and yeah, yeah. He's super, super busy, but anyways, he usually is a person that when he says something, he does something. It's yeah, not somebody sure. and don't he do will it. Come. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, like two months before the turning on his last year, uh, he wrote a message in the Facebook group asking for crazy people to do two days before the ride, to do Nice Turin, uh, like uh, warming up for the event. And at the beginning, I thought, oh, you have to be completely crazy for doing that just before the, ride, the, the event. Okay, I, I forgot about it. I said, you have to go completely crazy. But I don't know how. I cannot remember how. Five minutes later, I was writing him and say, I'm in. I'm with you. I will ride with you. And I don't really remember how was this process. But 
What Usually I that... your head says something, <laughs> but your mouth or your hands do something different. It happens. I can imagine that it was like something that I expected something of that uh, meeting of that ride before the Torino Nice. Something in my mind was trying to 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 tell me something. So I just was so scary about that decision, but I just was so happy to to have the opportunity of riding with him and with the other guy from him from England. We were three riding from Nice to Torino. And it was so special for me, so inspiring because we were talking about books, about travel, about the Alps, about the Pyrenees, about uh, a lot of things that uh, we both share about inspiration. We have a lot of things in common. So it was like a real change in my life to, to do that ride with him. And also the days after, the days in the Torino Nice was so changing in my life because uh, I, I spoke I spoke with a lot of people from all over the world from 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 Canada from from New Zealand from Italy from England from France from a lot of places and it was funny to to know kind of uh, motivations of other people to find a destination for 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 the holidays for the for their trips for the bikepacking routes and I think it was in, in those moments, talking in the refugios or in the big climbs, when I started to feel that what I was inside, it was that I could do this kind of people to come here to the place I live, because I saw that uh, remote places was something interesting from this kind of people. And I was full of remote places here in my area. So... I say okay. I could do a thing here with a lot of uh, similar advantages that uh, are right in the Alps about nature, about mountains, about landscapes. Not similar, okay, but different. Yeah. But also avoiding a lot of uh, the problems of uh, populated area because uh, we could avoid traffic, we could avoid big cities, uh, a lot of problems, and this. Come on, I said maybe I could offer something to make it interesting to people and also try to do something from this area, try to do both sides, uh, trying to do something for for here, trying to uh, create like a reaction here to 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 create some movement in these villages and also to try to offer something to these kind of uh, bikepackers. Uh, all over the world and that's how everything started everything exploded like that and so when i arrived from the torino nice i just tried to draw in a map in a google map all those spots and all those lines that i have uh, done in the, the, the last months to prepare the torino nice and and I say, come on, I have a lot of um, mountain ranges around Teruel and it could be possible to try to make a line trying to communicate all of these ranges around it and, and a lot of uh, different kind of landscapes. So I try to start to, I, I try to, to, to close that line to make a big loop around here and keep on exploring to try to close all those gaps that seem impossible to close to, to create that loop 
but I, in the end, I, I got it, and, and that how that's how Montañas Vacías were grown. Um, I also had a lot of um, inspiration uh, from 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 out of uh, web pages and books like uh, bypacking.com, uh, web pages like uh, Pioneer CC, uh, FNU CC, books, um, the books of uh, Max Leonardo, this is rough stuff, cycling the art, these kind of things. I, I'm a consumer of this kind of <laughs> of products and, and, and stuff. So mm. I felt like... Uh, uh, I have a lot of ideas in my mind to try to sell this this area. I thought it will be it won't be so easy because it would it would be so so difficult to try to attract people here because it's not in the destination list of a typical bypacker. Uh, this area so it, it's not a a competitive destination from this this kind of, of thing. So. I had to invent something to try to attract to this kind of people. So I tried to to take a lot of small things from all these uh, things that inspire me. So trying to to put it all together and 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 and, and creating something interesting to to offer to this kind of people. And, that was it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It seems like an, an amazing story, really. Uh, from in order to take all a perfect and a pretty tough challenge like the Torino Nisis, even if the spirit is amazing, still is a is kind of a challenging one. Uh, you started exploring your backyard, and then by meeting people, you get inspired by making something for the area you were living. But which one is the main goal that you have? So you you tracked all the routes that you wanted to do. You put everything. You draw amazing um, illustrations and what, with watercolors and whatever. You put a lot of picture. You are uh, sharing the information, your rides and the routes and the track and everything in amazing website and publication. Which one is the main goal of it? Where mm. are you put? You are putting all this effort to reach what? Yeah, I just pretend to raise awareness about the real situation of this area. Uh, I know that I won't get to this land, have a real solution or real effect. I don't pretend to, to fool this this area of people. I, I, it's impossible. It's so difficult to... to, to uh, to uh, create something that has a real effect. But for me, it was enough that uh, people all over the world could discover that there is a, a place like this in, in, in the heart of Western Europe. Uh, just with this, I thought it was enough. Uh, but also trying to change something or trying to to um, inspire something in the people from here that, uh, as I told you before, I perceive, I, I see some victimism in the people here. So I also wanted to try to convince people that we can do something, that we can manage, that, that we have to believe 
that we can do something that we just have to 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 stand up and and leave it flow and 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 create it and and, and being convinced of uh, what we can do um, it has as I tell you this both sides of uh, this both uh, goals uh, yeah, creating raising awareness and also trying to destroy this this victimism of the people here in this area yeah okay i can see the point so something like inspiring the people that are living close by you with giving the opportunity also to other people coming out coming into your area and have a look to amazing places do you think that i don't know i will put it a rough that it comes directly into my mind super direct do you think that thanks to your job in the future a bit more of these people that are coming can produce as at least a small income or in any case an income coming from cycling tourism or bypacking tourism or you don't think about this yet because it's something like it's still at the beginning phase i don't want to think about it but i'm uh, seeing that it is already done uh, we have feel we have felt the 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 effect uh, in this year that we have been in this route I cannot know exactly how many people has ridden this route because not all of them write me to ask for information of to, to tell me, oh, I'm riding the route. But maybe I can like uh, make a simulation of how many people has been here. And I could say that maybe like more than 200 people has come here and in the meetings that I organize, also some weekends, I have done three of them, uh, 50 in each one of them, so 150 more. So it's almost uh, 350 or 400 people here this year. So it's not a big thing, okay? I know uh, football match here can <laughs> bring more, much more people or, or any party or anything can bring much more people. That, but... Uh, is maybe it's not so much for a big city or a city like Teruel or a bigger city, but for sure in the small villages is it has been a, a really noticeable effect because they have seen a lot of cyclists there. If one village has eight people living there or four four people living there, for sure you will realize that. Uh, 10, 12, uh, 20, 50 cyclists has been there riding, maybe going to the bar or to the small restaurant or to the small uh, hotel or accommodation there or in, in a camping. So for sure, it, it's, it, it's having a, a real effect now. Sure. Yeah. It's slowly, but, but it will change. But I don't really care about it mm. now. I just want to to raise awareness about this and, and let's see what happened. Yeah. Well, you were talking about, oh no, I want to just make a comment at the beginning. So you were talking about 350 people that are coming there and for sure it's going to, uh, it's going to help for sure all the structure that are there, restaurants, hotel, camping, and things like this. Well, for them it's, at least in a not so much populated area, 350 people more that they're gonna get to you. They're gonna get their services. So for them, it's already 
So the thing that I want to tell you is that 350 is already a really, really great number. So yeah, yeah sure. put it like it is in this way. And another thing that I want to tell you is after my comment is kind of a start of another question. You were talking about, so 350 people that came to ride and uh, 150 that were coming because of the events that you are organizing. Um, but then there are 200 more. Well, into this 200, there are also a couple of guys that are pretty well known. And then talking about Tim Wellens and Thomas DeGant that they decided to do this year for the final breakaway edition number two to start this adventure this year directly there from your area and into the Montañas Vacias. Tell us more about that. Yeah, it has been crazy, all these things. <laughs> How did they find you from the website? They found me uh, thanks to the publication in bikepacking.com. In it was just before the Giro when uh, Thomas again uh, discovered it and he put it in his Twitter account asking for somebody to, to, to give him more information about this route. And somebody uh, passed him my email and he wrote me. Okay, I'm Thomas again. I'm interested in your project. I think, <laughs> I think it could be interesting for your area uh, that uh, two crazy guys from the Lotto Sudal team go there and ride your route and make some uh, pictures and some stuff and, and, and move our social media. Maybe it can have a nice effect for you. What do you think? And I was like blocked. <laughs> I was like... Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and then I say, oh, relax, uh, drink a bit of water, relax a bit, and, and let's answer him. And come on, I, I, I just have to do with them the same as I, I do with the rest of the people. If somebody asks me for my opinion or for any advice, I, I just give them the, the advice they need, the information they need, and that's okay. They ask me about what kind of um, planning could they have because they wanted to ride it in six days and uh, if it was possible they wanted to sleep in a hotel uh, they don't want to sleep in a camping and, and, and say okay uh, let's do it uh, it was crazy and then they went to the Giro but after before the Giro I think it was before the Giro they uh, already shared the, their intentions to come here in, in, in their social media so the first since the first moment they talk about me in, about my route in, in Instagram, everything exploded completely. Okay, uh, uh, this route was full of Belgians <laughs> from the, the next week from that that moment, and now uh, Belgium is the the country with more riders years this year here, and for sure next year will be a lot of them also here, and. It has been so interesting, yeah, because also they told me, okay, we want to go there uh, in November at the end of our season, or the end or the, the start of the season for them currently. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> I tell them, you are crazy because in November you will find the snow and you will find a lot of cold in this area. Ah, okay, how, how much is cold for you, they told me. Okay, you can have maybe minus two, minus three in the night, and maybe you can find five to ten degrees in the morning, or in, or in, not in the morning, in the, in the midday. 
okay, uh, we are used to it. Let's do it. <laughs> we are Belgian. We ride in any condition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are used to it, so no problem for, for us. And that's it. Uh, maybe it was a bit colder than they thought, uh, <laughs> and they were a bit stressed about it because they 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 saw some days before starting that they could find snow in the mountains. So I had to to make some shortcuts for them uh, for a lot for 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 avoiding the the snow sections. But it has been it has been amazing from this from for this area. A lot of movements, a lot of uh, good reactions to to this to this thing. But also a, a good point about it, uh, if I can tell you, mm-hmm. is that um, comparing the visit of these two guys with other uh, explosions in 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 social media about this route. For example, when they publish it on, on bypacking.com or in Epanui or in other pages, uh, what I felt now is uh, that it was like the beginning of a change in the people here in Tyrell. And maybe after having these 400 people this year, uh, they have been the last people of the year here. But uh, I felt that maybe. Uh, I feel like uh, something is starting to change in the people here in the world. That um, maybe they're starting to believe that maybe it's possible that that it works a bit. Maybe it's not a crazy thing about Ernesto and his things and his uh, bikepacking uh, crazy things. Maybe it can have a real effect in this area. Maybe it can bring more people to the villages, to the campings, to the to the places. So more than the effect that can have in other riders for next year or even this year, I like the, the effect in the people from here that it is having this visit of these two guys. And it's been so interesting to feel it at the end because one thing that I have felt this month is that it was like a transparent thing here that nobody uh, trusts on, on, on this kind of tourism here. And I believe on it, and, and, and that's it. So let's uh, wait uh, for, for next year or for, for the future to see what can uh, happen with, with this. Yeah, I trust on it, and let's see. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Yes, let's tackle the main conversation then now, Ernesto. Let's talk about the route. So let me say some numbers. So I'm going to put the numbers, even if I hate numbers, even if it's my job, but that's another story. But I'm going to put the numbers on, you're going to put the feelings on. So the route itself is uh, 679 kilometers for more or less 13,000 meters of altitude, mostly unpaved, something like 80% unpaved. Mm-hmm. Now tell us more about that. <laughs> uh, well, um, I try to to make like different sections in this uh, complete loop, trying to to make a um, difference between mountain ranges or uh, geographical issues. So uh, I uh, separate in five different areas. Uh, they are so different one from the rest, uh, all of them with the same problems, with the same situation, with the same taste. Uh, 
but any of them with different kind of terrain in different kind of feeling different kind of uh, colors of smells of different tastes in the end but all of them has also the same mix of terrains uh, you can feel a bit of road a bit of off-road some funny sections uh, some uh, hiker bike sections for trying to people not to relax too much yeah obviously sometimes <laughs> you have to that. jump out from the bicycle and push yeah i don't know where it was i read some time ago that if uh, if you don't hike it's not bikepacking i don't know where it was <laughs> i think it's on bikepacking.com i've read something like a quote like this in bikepacking.com without like a bike is not bikepacking yeah so definitely uh, there are some points here but mostly it's like uh, it's not necessary to have a great great uh, technical level to ride it if it's just difficult just uh, walk it and it's a short section so don't be worried about 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 it because if i have done it is that is not so difficult because i'm not the the best mountain biker in the, in the world okay <laughs> yeah Okay, okay, okay. So yeah, something like, okay, different terrain, same flavor, uh, more or less. Which one are the main points in your opinion? Something like the places that you would say, okay, this place is amazing. This is a great highlight <laughs> or this sucks. <laughs> the, the best moment is when you arrive to a small shop or restaurant after <laughs> Just without saying yeah. <laughs> Definitely at the, the top moments of the trip. <laughs> no, no. Seriously, uh, if I had to choose, I could choose. The first point is uh, the Havalambre Massif, the Havalambre Plateau. It's like a high elevation plateau above 2,000 meters, and it has something special. It's, I always say that it's like my um, sacred, sacred mountain because it's so close to Terrell, it's so different to everything I have seen in any other mountain ranges because it's like a desert plateau. I have only seen something similar in the real Lapland when I was there like 20 years ago uh, in a trip there. Okay. And it has some similarities with we did because it's like no trees, uh, like uh, soft hills, high altitude kind of vegetation, uh, nice roads, nice landscapes, la landscapes, and nice light in the morning, in the uh, in the evening. Something special. It has like a real nice spirit that area. And also, I could say the the Tahor section because. Um, uh, the route passed by the source of the River Tajo mm -hmm. that goes to Portugal, it, like more than 1,000 kilometers river. Wow. And, and the route shared the first like 100 kilometers of the, of the river. And it's like an amazing off-road section because there is a nice road beside the, the river and it's like a nice canyon, uh, turquoise waters, like natural swimming pools. It's a magical place, especially if you go in summer, you can have a swim on it. And it's very, very nice uh, section because it's so different of the rest of the of the route is a, a flatter section than the other. Maybe is the flatter, the, fl the, 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 the only section that is flat in the whole route. <laughs> okay. 
the only the only one and it is so different the colors and, and what you can do there is is it's a special place also. So I could see both of them, have Alambre and the Tajo section. Yeah. That's, yeah, perfect. And which one is the perfect period, in your opinion, to come and ride it? Because For the road sure. is always there, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Unless that you are Belgian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Belgian or English. <laughs> or English. I uh, hardly recommend to come here May or June or September or October. Okay, so not when it's super cold, not when, nor when it's super hot. Uh, yeah, you can decide for sure, but it's so different kind of experience. If you choose winter, for sure it's so nice. And now these days I'm riding here and it's completely amazing, the, 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 the smells and the colors and the, 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 the snow dots in the mountains. So, so it's so special also, but it's like like our experience more similar to the real Lapland. You have to be so ready with so good clothes, so good equipment, because it's you will not find accommodation or, or, or villages when you want. So uh, it's a bit dangerous if you have to sleep outside with this kind of minus ten temperature, minus minus ten degrees. So. Uh, definitely you have to come here in, in the spring or in autumn it's the best season to come here yeah okay 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 i'm checking because you are mentioning it really uh, so really slightly not as much as you have to stress it that you got articles in many publications so bikepacking.com you wrote for it and uh yeah many of those but I actually uh, also know that Tomas, our common friend, also came there riding it and he published it on Cycling Tips, one of my favorites, um, online magazine as well. And I was trying to check here in the article when he came, which period of the year, I think it was summer. It was September. September. The end end of summer. Uh, I think they choose the the season with more storms uh, usually the storm season is uh, july and august but this year it was a bit later so they avoided the the real hot season but they had some real big storm and that was the reason that they had to finish early the their trip but yeah. they will come back sure definitely <laughs> But how does it work, actually, Ernesto? So let's say that tomorrow a bunch of friends are coming there, something like four friends, three friends are coming there to ride uh, Las Montañas Vacías. How does it work? Should we or should they or whoever is out there ride you or just have a look to the website or just whatever? Are you going to ride with them? How does it work? You can do whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you you can have you can find all the information in the web page and in the guide PDF that I, I wrote. Uh, so really, you don't need to write me or to see me or to contact me for anything. Uh, but most of the people have some kind of questions or some kind of information that maybe is not in the guide or maybe I have to take some of these points to take it in for the guide for next year. 
to complete the information there or maybe because they want to to know exactly what means this this thing of the population what can they find in some villages because uh, for sure you will arrive some villages that they they don't have any shop or any restaurant so uh, for people it's like a, not a natural thing and that's why the questions of so many people are not the typical questions uh, for example that that can james have about the alps uh, the, the worries about the people here is what can i do if something is wrong what can i do if i don't have any water how can i uh, get water if i uh, run run out of it uh, what kind of food i will find uh, what temperatures can i find in winter so I have to respect all these kind of questions. So I'm so happy to to help people to to have whatever they need, and I'm so happy also to to meet them when they come here and have a coffee or a beer or, or share some kilometers. Also, if I'm here and I can do it, I love to to ride with people, and that's one of the most special things that uh, I have got from all this. The great amount of great people that I'm knowing this year is amazing it's one of the nicest thing that happens to be in my life so I just want to enjoy it and learn about what they have to tell me and when they have to comment me about the conclusions or the opinions before and after it's nice also to know the people or to talk with the, to the people just after the route because uh they are uh still with their the 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 real experience inside them so uh they will tell you uh, the the raw information the real information what is really this route the good things and the bad things and it's so nice and so interesting and so funny to to listen these impressions after the route yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. So whoever wants to come uh, to Teruel to start riding the track, the loop, just they can write you. They cannot yeah. write you if they want to be there by themselves, yeah, yeah. but if they want sure. a bit of company, yeah, you're yeah. going to probably dry, ride with them for a bit of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> I was digging into the website last day, and because the both of us are sharing also a pass mainly on road cycling, I've seen that it's also a road track a road loop or a road whatever into the montañas vacias how does it look like yeah it's like a, a slightly bigger loop it's like 780 kilometers and uh, fifteen thousand uh, meters of elevation and i just wanted to to be as inclusive as possible because uh, i didn't want to exclude anyone to do it so um some guys suggested me to create uh, this route because uh, uh, it was also uh, interesting for them to come here but not with an off-road bike uh, so uh, it was funny because when when i definitely decide to to draw this route to to track this uh, road route parallel to the off-road sections 
I think it was like uh, just 10 minutes in a web page, in a, in a tracker web page trying to draw because I know perfectly all these roads, all these roads, because I have been so many years writing them. So I maybe had the 780, the seven, the 780 kilometers ready in 10 minutes. <laughs> so <laughs> I just create a, 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 a page in a part of it in the web page. I put all the information and then send uh, all, to all the people interested in them. Um, and, and as I told you, I, I just want to be as inclusive as possible because also um, I have uh, received some emails from motorbikes, from cars, uh, from uh, hikers also, uh, also from uh, <laughs> people in horses. Oh, okay. They rode some people have done the the route in in horse it's amazing uh also a group of um uh, people who wanted to ride the route in a vespa i don't know exactly i don't know anything about vespas so i didn't want i didn't know what to answer uh, I don't know if there is a, a special edition, like an off-road Vespa. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, I don't know. I don't know. So I, I, I told them, okay, put the information in the in the Facebook group and ask to the other people. Maybe somebody could give you the information. So uh, the reason, yeah, you asked me about the, the asphalt option. So also want to, to be like an escape if something is getting wrong in the... Uh, yeah the off-road simply because it's like a parallel uh, route so i recommend also always to have the track of this of this road because it's like a fast escape from from the off-road section so yeah it could be that i could say that uh, it's just to be as inclusive as possible for the people who come here yeah which one of the two you prefer the off-road. <laughs> if it me like five years ago, for sure, I have I could have said the the road, the road station. But now I have to 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 admit that I'm in love with my gravel life. <laughs> yeah. No car. Okay, I don't think the car is a problem. Also on the road there. We you won't find any car. Yeah, maybe. Uh, uh, off-road car you can do some sections of the of the route uh, i know that some people has tried to do some sections some of them are impossible to do in a car because it's like a hiking section or something like that but come on um, i think they also are, are part of a uh, of the solution of this problem so why not you can come in in a car uh, it's also a possibility. Of, yeah, yeah. Of, Why not? You have the road. You have the road track, so you can do it. For sure, it will be not uh, massified. You would, you will not find. Uh, it's not a real problem. Uh, I wish it would be so easy to to massify a, a, an area to 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 full of to to put full of people one area. So many people has tried and nobody nobody got it. So I won't. I won't get it. I won't be the person to to do it <laughs> sure yeah it's gonna be super complicated still digging into the website i also noticed that there is a commitment something like a support that montañas vacías does for 
um, yeah, support to autism and all the structure that are um, working with people that are affected by autism as, and this kind of thing. Tell us more about that. Yeah, it was also an idea that I have talked uh, a lot with James Olsen about it. And um, I just wanted to to have something similar to him in, in this in this way because uh, he do it with the patches and, and and I think that every bipacker loves this 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 these patches of the of the route. So I said I asked him if I could do it, if there was any problem, if I could take his idea of uh, making patches of the route to try to find any um, association to to collaborate with with them, and he told me that there was no any problem. That for sure, that if I could manage to 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 uh, to give something to someone, let's do it. So so yeah, I I I, I designed this patch with the logo and and found uh, an association here about autism. Uh, it's founded last year uh, with a lot of uh, parents of children with autism here in Terwell. And they have also a part of the normal problems that you have if you have a, a child with uh, autism. Here in this area is even bigger because uh, most of these parents has to, to to make more than 150 kilometers driving for getting some of the therapies or some of the treatments that they children need. So it's a hard situation for them. So I, I, I thought, okay, let's collaborate with them. And it's not a big, uh, it's not a big amount of money what I get, but uh, I think they are, they are so grateful for, for it. So uh, the, the way it works is uh, everybody who wants a patch of Montañas Vacías uh, can donate uh, um, an amount of money to this association, straight to this association without passing by me. I don't want to touch any money <laughs> because I want to be completely transparent. So uh, I asked to the association to create a PayPal uh, account. So... Uh, everyone who wants to to make a donation make a uh, make it uh, with PayPal straight to the to these uh, people, and then send me an email with the with the uh, um, uh, I don't know with the paper showing that you have done the donation and 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 that's it. Uh, then we can decide the way that you will get the patch. Uh, maybe I can give you by hand when you are here. Maybe I can send you uh, in an envelope. If you send me uh, an envelope to my house and then I, I send you back the patch. Uh, or maybe I can hide you the patch. It's a funny thing also. I can, I can, uh, I love to do it also. To, uh, to hide the patch somewhere <laughs> and, and, and ask the people to find the patch somewhere in the route. Crazy. The treasure hunt. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I think it's called something like geocaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a nice thing to, to do. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice thing. I'm so proud of it because I'm creating some movement and, and I'm seeing that people is amazing and people is donating even if they don't want the patch. 
or maybe they they because uh, I I I try to say that uh, I sent a patch for every ten euros of donation, uh, and I see that people is just amazing. I, I some people maybe donate forty euros and they don't want the patch, or they they want just one. So it's really amazing what I have what I'm discovering with with this thing and this. These people, these parents are so happy with this help. It's nothing um, big, it's nothing so impressive, but come on, it's, it's just a, a nice help for them. It's already something, yeah, of course. So you, we were talking all the time about Montañas Vacías, uh, what's happening, how you build up and whatever, but I think that still we didn't mention your contacts or where people can find it. Tell it. Twice. Yeah, just go to bikepacking. Oh, we will, sorry. <laughs> to also, you can also go to bikepacking.com yeah, and look sure. for Montañas yeah. Vacías. It's there, huh? True. Maybe for Google, it's easier to find it in bikepacking.com uh, because my, my webpage is a small webpage. So maybe Google uh, will find it faster in bikepacking.com. But anyway, it's montanasvacías.com. The Eñe is the, the is the weird N that we have in Spain. Montanasvacías.com and that you can find all the information, the tracks, the, the, the guide in PDF and my contact info, my social media. You can contact me whatever you you need. So I'm happy to to help people to to, to to create his perfect route here because they have a lot of combinations, a lot of distances, a lot of uh, smaller loops to ride. So I'm happy to help everyone who can who want to come here. Yeah. Perfect. Well, Ernesto, it was really great, great, great pleasure to talk with you. It was my pleasure, not yours. <laughs> <laughs> and then what else we can say? That probably we are going to meet on... Las Montañas Vacías riding a bit the bicycle. Sure, you can have you, you can have a place here. So just ride me, just call me and come here. Perfect. You will enjoy it for sure. Uh, I will definitely. ride with you. <laughs> with your new open bike. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna take my open up and I'm gonna come there in order to make it really dirty and really used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I cannot promise that I can come to you in 2020, but for sure it's going to be in my plan for next year's. I will be happy. <laughs> yes, for sure, for sure. And anyways, every time that you want to come over here to Zurich, I have, or Basel better, I have a couple of super cool gravel loops that we can do together. Sure, sure, I'm sure. <laughs> cool. Maybe we can call also Tomas and we can do it together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Half nice picture. Yeah. <laughs> At least it's one of the best, if not the best photographer that I ever met talking about bicycle stuff. So yeah, why not? It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah great. Cool, Ernesto. Thanks a lot for being here in on the broom wagon and I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much. And big, big thanks from the Spanish Lapland. Same from here. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. How cool is that? A place in Western Europe almost without people, so really, really remote. One hour and a half from Valencia, but still with amazing nature and beautiful people like Ernesto. So beautiful that two pro cyclists like Thomas de Gant and Tim Vellets decided to go there and do their final 
ride of the year. Well, I cannot tell you how cool is that until I will not go there. I am gonna organize it and for sure I'm gonna be there. As I was standing already to Ernesto, I don't know if 2020, because it's full of things to do, 2020 is gonna be the year, but for sure you're gonna see me there because it seems like super, super beautiful, super remote and probably the best kickoff for a bike packing, yeah, experience live or whatever it is. Thanks a lot for being on this podcast, Ernesto, and continue with your amazing job. You are really doing the best, and I really like your watercolor paintings and your illustrations and everything. It's pretty amazing. All of you out there, go to montanasvasias.com. I mean Montanas, so M-O-N-T-A-N-A. Vasias means V-A-C-I-A-S, montanasvasias.com and you will find everything you need in order to take all this special adventure. And don't forget two things. To write Ernesto, he's gonna come with you, or at least he's gonna give you a lot of cool advices. And make a donation to the Autism Association in order to support it and to get the amazing patch of Montañas Vacías. That says, I'm gonna record another interview soon for uh, this, I don't know, just maybe you tell me. I will probably continue because I had already my stop and I think it's not worth it to stop again for two more weeks. So probably I'm gonna continue. So you're gonna get an episode on the 24th and an episode on the 1st of January. But if you think it's better to stop or whatever, send me a, mes- a message, write me or whatever you want. You know my contest, hello at calamaro.cc is my email and you will find myself as well on Calamaro CC Instagram and then everything else. You can just write it down and find my stuff. If you want to really support me on this journey and this amazing year, it's super easy. Just go on iTunes if you get this podcast into the Apple environment and subscribe to my podcast, write a review and rate this podcast. It's really important in this way. A lot of people will listen to my voice and this is going to be great. And don't forget to share this episode or any episode that you liked within your bunch of friends. That said, I will talk to you next week and thanks a lot for listening and bye.